You are listening to Audio Drama in a Darker Shade at darkerprojects.com. And now our feature presentation. Darker Projects welcomes you to Quantum Retribution. Once you enter, you may never escape. To a precious few it was a paradise. A haven from the hectic pace of the real world. To others, it was a nightmare. Nothing on this quaint island is as it seems. Beneath the tranquil lull of the ocean and the beautiful gardens, Dr. Nathaniel Lothman carved out a project based on Dr. Sam Beckett's theories on time travel. Hungry for the power to reform history to his own liking, Dr. Lotherman integrated himself into the project and became Lothos. As his staff worked to his ultimate goal, their lives are held in the balance. Still vigilant to be who they are in a complex where danger lurks around every corner, their secrets lie buried and passions rest dormant. For how long? Last on Quantum Retribution. Oh, hell. The shit's about to hit the fan. Oh, jeez, Trevor. What did you do? Whatever it was, I'm glad I wasn't there when you did it. Does that mean I'll share her quarters and her bed, too? Give me another answer like that, Mr. Conroy, and you'll find yourself on the wrong side of a whip. Silence! Siren, it is not a matter of him liking you, and it would be fixed now. It's the act of being professional and respectful in order to accomplish your duties. Those qualities are highly important for the efficient operation of my complex. Without professionalism and respectfulness to each other, the logistics sector will fall behind, and if that happens, correction will be meted out to everyone. The two of you behaving like brats in the schoolyard is behavior that I will not tolerate in the workplace from you or anyone else. It is unacceptable. Mr. Conroy, since you seem to think that this is humorous enough to warrant asking such a question, perhaps you need that prompt correction now. I am part of the problem here. He... Mr. Conroy was reacting to my heated words from earlier this morning. Mr. Conroy, I'm so sorry. I'll think of you with every lash. This is happening. Siren. What? You're quite pale. How are you feeling? Dr. Hugan, considering that I just had an attack, followed by the intense moments with Mr. Conroy, 
You're correct in assuming that I'm not feeling exactly peachy. Not many would. I'll be all right physically. I'm more worried about what I'm going to do now. As she glanced at the camera mounted high on one wall of the office, Siren knew she had to address Lothos about what had just happened. However, it was the sound of the outer office door opening that made her turn away so that her face would be hidden. Why is she out of that office? Siren! Xavier, before you admonish her for disobeying the orders you gave her, you need to know why I called you here. Owing to the fact that Siren's temper was triggered by a disagreement with Mr. Conroy, she had a stress-induced diabetic attack about 30 minutes ago. Are you all right, Siren? I'm okay now. However, Trevor Conroy has seen Siren without her mask. Her distress over that is, no doubt, of equal cause of the attack. I see. I did as you told me to, Father. I was sitting here after my attack when he barged in and saw me. What am I to do? I... I hate to admit it, but I'm... I'm scared. Nothing will happen to you, Siren. Precisely. With all due respect, Lothos, may I ask you a question? Lothos looked upon his daughter, noting her confidence resuming as she became calmer. Yet again he silently applauded Xavier's skill in raising his and Zoe's daughter. What is your question, Siren? Lothos, Mr. Conroy asked a question that I've been wondering about for quite some time. I understand how some may want revenge against Xavier and take it out on me. I also understand the reason for the mask, even though I do question it with Xavier often, but is there any other reason why I must wear it? I'm not asking out of disrespectfulness, Lothus, just curiosity. As I have watched you, my dear, I have seen this questioning side of you all your life. You are so much like myself. I understand how your curiosity has been piqued, Siren, but there are some things that you don't need to know at this moment. Patience is required, and when the time is right, it will be revealed to you. Yes, sir. Xavier, Mr. Conway is out in the hall. Escort him to the cells. I have no doubt that you will see that appropriate correction is meted out to him. Yes, Lothos. Siren understood that she wasn't to ask any other questions pertaining to the mask. However, when Lothos spoke to Xavier, she turned to look at him. She knew what type of correction that her father did in his work, and so divided a glance between the men in the room and the camera mounted high on the wall. She opened her mouth to speak, but thought better and remained silent. Xavier watched her for a moment and felt a twang of guilt for the years of lies. Eventually she would know that she was not his child. He knew, too, that when she was told the facts of her birth and her life with him, he would lose the one thing that had given purpose to his personal life for the last twenty-four years. However, that time was not now, and he focused on the moment. That's my girl. Don't say a word. You have done well in rearing her, Xavier, teaching her when to question and when to hold her tongue. Dr. Hugan, I want you to check Siren carefully. If she can continue her required shift, then release her back to her work. If not, advise me, and I shall arrange for her to be moved to the infirmary without being seen. Yes, Lothos. Come with me, Siren. But... It's all right, Siren. This will only take a few minutes. I apologize for my behavior today, sir. I will be the supervisor that you need me to be. One who is respectful to those around her, 
and professional in all matters. Listening to Siren, Lothos could hear in her words her acceptance of the punishment to which she and Trevor would be subjected. He was proud of his daughter, but not for an instant did the notion of showing favoritism to her enter into consideration. I know you will, Siren. Or next time the consequences will be far more severe than just spending time with someone you don't particularly like. Siren nodded to his words and gave a respectful nod to her father, then followed Dr. Hugan into her office. As Trevor walked quietly between the guards flanking him, his hands cuffed behind him, he got bewildered looks from several people that he knew. There was no doubt that it was the sight of Xavier walking just a few feet behind him that caused their expression to change from curious surprise to alarm. It makes me nervous, too. I've seen past examples of his work. Xavier, followed by Trevor Conroy and the two guards, crossed to the desk situated outside the double doors leading back to the correction cells. As he went, Lothos spoke to Xavier through his implants, leaving no doubt in his chief torture master's mind what he expected as punishment for Trevor Conroy's insolent and arrogant behaviour. The length of Mr. Conroy's punishment is seven hours. The choice of method for Mr. Conroy's punishment, however, is yours to decide, Xavier. The only limitations are that you are not to kill or dismember him. The quasi-living hybrid computer's order told Xavier just how livid Lothos was. Only when he meant to make an example of a person did Lothos order Xavier to carry out or oversee a punishment. Now Trevor Conroy had joined in the ranks of those who had unwittingly offended Lothos personally. The general rule for those who wound up facing Xavier personally was that it was a twofold meeting. First, it was the only time they would face the most feared man in the complex. Second, they would only leave that meeting in a body bag. By your order, Lothos. Pity it was Siren you chose to be disrespectful to, Mr. Conroy. Cell number 11, sir. As he was given a shove, forcing him to follow Xavier through the heavy double doors, Trevor swallowed hard. Less than a minute later, Xavier stopped at a door marked Cell 11. Rubbing his wrists from the uncomfortably tight cuffs, Trevor didn't move, watching Xavier open the cell door. Trevor couldn't help the gasp that escaped his lips. Mara, you'll carry the memory of this correction for the rest of your life. Strip, Mr. Conroy, and hand your clothes and boots to me. Inside. Dismissing the guards, Xavier entered the cell, then closed the door, and placed Trevor's clothes and boots in the small locker by the door. By the time you leave this cell seven hours from now, Mr. Conroy, the last thing you're going to want is anything touching any area of your body. Dismissing the thought, Xavier turned towards the TM Lorthos had assigned for this correction. Mara had held the rank of expert with whips, especially the little cat, for almost twelve years. 
A consummate professional, she had never failed to carry out any and all instructions with a precision that made her almost as dreaded as Xavier himself. Glancing at the naked, sweating man waiting for his punishment to begin, Xavier now saw the dread in Trevor Conroy's eyes. Xavier. TM Mara. Mr. Conroy is here for correction for gross insubordination and insolence towards his supervisor in the logistics sector. He also addressed Lothos in a defiant manner. Lothos has ordered a correctional period of seven hours. It shall be done, as Lothos has ordered. Mr. Conroy, face the far wall. Approach the far wall. Chain him, face against the wall, and make his studs wide. Xavier gave silent credit to Trevor when he obeyed, as the TM fastened manacles to his wrists and ankles. He moved to one side so he could see Trevor's face as Mara followed her directives. How's your tolerance for pain, Mr. Conroy? If you're like most men, the worst pain you could ever experience would be between your legs. Well, you're going to wish it only hurt that much. Mara, give him twenty-five lashes between his legs, with a short three-lash rough tip, but draw no blood. Mara nodded at Xavier's words. Going to a narrow table, she picked up a short three-lash rough-tipped whip. Taking a moment to get a feel for the grip, she turned and approached Trevor Conroy, stopping a few feet behind and to one side of him. Without warning, Mara let the first stroke fly, and it bit high between Trevor's legs. Screaming like he never had in his life, Trevor Conroy realised that the accounts he'd heard of Xavier's reputation were true. He also kept his promise to Siren, cursing the auburn-haired bitch with each lash that bit into his flesh. Wouldn't be happening if you hadn't been such a damned bitch in the first place, madam. Super... Sir, I will never forgive you for this. Within a few minutes, Mara finished the prescribed 25 lashes, then stepped back to allow Xavier an unobstructed view of the first application of her handiwork on Trevor's body. It was clear by his sobs that the pain was already approaching mind-numbing levels. Mara, you may use whatever whip you will on the back of his body for three hours. This time you are to draw blood. When you finish, put his back to the wall and repeat both whippings on the front of his body. As you order, sir. Oh God. Without further hesitation, Mara proceeded to carry out Xavier's instruction. Using her preferred whip of choice, a little cat, a modified cat and nine tails, drawing a blood with every lash. Three hours later, she and Xavier approached the quivering, panting man in chains. Without comment, the manacles were released, allowing them to turn Trevor, putting his bleeding back against the wall. Replacing the manacles to his wrists and ankles again, Mara picked up the first whip she had used, then glanced at Xavier. Repeat both whippings. Yes, sir. When the lash landed against his genitals, Trevor screamed. God damn you, siren! 
As Trevor's correction continued, Xavier, his expression unreadable, watched the man before him writhing and jerking in the chains. Finally, sighing as if bored, he glanced at his watch. Seeing that it was a little before eight, he recalled telling Siren that he would meet her at eight to escort her back to their quarters. Getting up from the chair, Xavier nodded to Mara, then turned to leave the cell. It was then that a thought occurred to him, and he attracted Mara's attention. Mara, I need to speak with you for a moment concerning the completion of Mr. Conroy's correction. Yes, sir. Breaking the cadence of the whipping, Mara crossed the cell. More grateful at that moment for the interruption of the most vicious pain that he'd ever experienced in his life, Trevor dropped his chin to his chest and closed his eyes. He didn't care what the reason was that got him a minute's respite from the precision of the lashes T.M. Mara was applying to his body. Only when he heard Mara say, It shall be as you have ordered, sir, that a strong tremble ran over Trevor's body. Lifting his head, dread gathered inside him as he watched Mara turn and resume her position, even as Xavier exited the cell. As he departed cell 11 at 7.30, Xavier didn't give a second thought to leaving Mara without supervision. Her level of skill and expertise were his assurance that she would complete the correctional session to not just his satisfaction, but Lorthos's as well. I have some items that need special cleaning. I'm going out in about 20 minutes, so send someone to my quarters in 15 minutes to pick up these items. Yes, Mr. Xavier. I'll send Jack. Hanging up the phone, Xavier wasted no time in making short, efficient work of showering and changing into fresh clothes. Fifteen minutes later, Xavier was putting on his jacket as he returned to his living room when the door chime sounded. You called for a special pickup, Mr. Xavier? Yes, just a moment. Xavier returned to the hallway door to retrieve the plain black cloth laundry bag containing the clothes that was spattered with Trevor Conroy's blood, and took it back to the man waiting at the door. Thank you, Mr. Xavier. These will be returned tomorrow morning at the regular time. As Jack went about his business, Xavier stepped out of his quarters and closed the door. He didn't bother to lock it. Only once had anyone been so stupid as to sneak into Xavier's unlocked quarters. Decades later, the horror story of what had happened to that young man was all the deterrent needed to protect the living quarters of Lorthos's chief torture master from uninvited visitors.
Hi, Dad. Is it eight o'clock already? According to my watch, it is. Judging by that tired smile, I'd say you burned some pre-midnight oil today. Everything locked up? I think I burned a week's worth of midnight oil just today. And yes, the office is locked. Mr. McAllister left a few minutes ago. How about if your dear old dad treats you to some dinner out? In honour of your first day as supervisor of the logistics sector. You don't have to ask me twice. I really would like to, Dad, but I... I don't have a mask. Perhaps you should open this first. It's my new mask. The new mask was a smaller version of the one she had broken earlier in the day. For a moment she held it gingerly, admiring, as she always did, the exquisite craftsmanship. Putting the mask on was as simple and similar to putting on sunglasses. Thank you, Lothus. It's lovely. You're welcome, Siren. I'm pleased that you like it. Shall we go, my dear? Siren wanted to ask about Trevor, but quickly put the thought out of her mind and moved to her father's side, draping her arm on his. Since you're buying, you lead the way, Dad. We should be getting back to our quarters. It's late and you've had a long day. And it's not over yet. Hours later, Mara laid the last lash against Trevor Conroy's body. Putting the whip aside, she approached him and released the manacles and chains. As Mara moved away from him for a moment, Trevor sagged against the wall, his stinging, blood-stained body quivering, his chest heaving as he struggled to calm his breathing. As he caught a breath, he whispered with a vehemence he had never felt towards any other human being in his life. I will... Never forgive you, Siren Lothaman. Never! Mara gave the thoroughly corrected man a couple of minutes to catch his breath. Then, retrieving his clothes and boots from the small locker, she returned to him. Handing Trevor his possessions, she saw him frown when his gaze fell upon the sturdy leather collar in her hands. Attached to the collar was a short lead chain. To his credit, he remained silent as the TM fastened the collar around his neck. Come. For Lorthos, the humiliation of public nakedness following a correction was as effective a tool as the harsh physical punishment itself in controlling and disciplining those who served him. Now, as TM Mara led Trevor naked, beaten and bleeding out of the correctional facility, the leading chain firmly in hand, Trevor Conroy felt his humiliation increase. Neither said a word to the few people they encountered during the brief ride down the elevator to the sixth floor.
Stepping out of the elevator, Mara led her charge the length of the hall, then stopped at the last door on the right and knocked. When the door was opened, Trevor didn't know what to think or do. You have been listening to Quantum Retribution, Episode 109, Getting to Know You, What a Pain, Part 1. Featured in this episode were David Alt as Lothos and narrator, MJ Cogburn as Siren Lothaman, Shane Harris as Trevor Conroy, Jim Barber as Peter Hugin, Ara Pallodi as TM Mara, David Drage as Xavier, Elise Krawiak as the desk attendant, and David McIver as the voice on the phone, and Jack, the delivery person. This is Seth Adam Schur. Quantum Retribution was written and produced by M.J. Cogburn and C.E. Krawiak. Post-production by M.J. Cogburn. Executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. Theme music available for download at sounddogs.com. Other music was composed and performed by Kai Hartwig and Kevin McLeod. This has been a Darker Projects production. Visit us on the web at www.darkerprojects.com. Thank you for listening.